Our next scripture reading this evening comes from the book of Joel, chapter 2, verses 1 and through 2 and 12 through 17. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of, my land, of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming near. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful army comes. Their like has never been from of old, nor will be again after them in ages to come. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. Sanctify the congregation, assemble the aged, gather the children, even infants at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her canopy. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord, and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples? Where is their God? The word of God for the people of God. Author of life, we thank you for the chance to be here in the middle of the week and to hear your word again. And so we ask that your spirit be upon us and transform us in heart, mind, and soul. Amen. Lent is kind of a weird season because it's been secularized in some weird ways. It's not quite like Christmas because our society hasn't figured out how to really commercialize the season, but it has found ways to affect the culture at large anyways. I feel confident in guessing that almost all of us have given something up at some point for Lent, or at the very least, know someone who has done so. But it seems that oftentimes giving something up for Lent is treated like a second crack at a New Year's resolution. By this point in the year, people have come to terms with the fact that they haven't gone to the gym or started eating better. So this is a chance to try again at being a better self. Or how about the fish dinners that pop up all over our communities? Or for that matter, the national fast food chains that start wheeling out their fish sandwiches just for Lent. I question whether these dinners and sandwiches are actually for those who are fasting for meat or whether folks have simply figured out that there's a little bit of money to be made in it. And I can hardly blame the secular world for not knowing what to do with Lent, 
because the church has really never settled on quite what to do with Lent. In the ancient church, Lent was a time of initiation and preparation for entry in the life of the Jesus-following movement. It was a time of fasting, but it was also a time of education. As the church grew and changed, the practice of Lent grew and changed. Lent became a time not just for new members of the church, but also for those members who had fallen away from the faith and away from the community to recommit themselves to fellowship in Christ. And then as Christianity became the dominant religion across Europe, Lent transitioned into a general practice for the entire church. Of course, as the practice of Lent has grown and changed over the years, the practice for Ash Wednesday has grown with it. Somewhere along the line, the imposition of ashes fell out of practice in the Methodist tradition. I would venture to guess that in the austerity of the English Reformation, it was viewed as a superfluity. But I would have to do more research to say for sure. Regardless, it wasn't until the 1992 Book of Worship was printed that Methodists had a formal service that included the imposition of ashes on Ash Wednesday. In fact, it wasn't until 1965 that a Methodist Book of Worship included any service at all for Ash Wednesday. So as I said, it's no wonder that secular society has trouble figuring out Lent. Thankfully though, as often happens, we have the voice of a prophet to cut through the noise for us. In this instance, it's the voice of Joel who speaks for the Lord. Joel is not a long-winded prophet. The entirety of the book is three chapters. And so it probably shouldn't be much surprised that our reading today from chapter 2 represents the turning point in his message. You see, Joel was living through the aftermath of the conquest of Israel and Judah. In the wake of military devastation came waves of locusts, leaving a broken people hungry as well. So in typical fashion for prophets of this time, Joel calls on the people of God to fast and repent. Rend your hearts and not your clothing, the Lord declares through Joel. We see in the words of other prophets that Judah had a serious problem in their relationship with God. Through the prophet Amos, the Lord declares, I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals... I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps. See, the people of God may have been going through the motions, but they didn't take to heart the message of the Lord. They may have had, as Wesley would say, the form of religion, but their worship was not truly of the Spirit. And Isaiah shows us how this corrupted spiritual life led to a corrupted social life. The Lord declares through Isaiah, 
She that was full of justice, righteousness lodged in her. But now, murderers. Your silver has become dross, your wine is mixed with water, your princes are rebels and companions of thieves. Everyone loves a bribe and runs after gifts. They do not defend the orphan, and the widow's cause does not come before them. In other words, the rich did everything that they could do to make themselves richer. Everyone was looking to make a quick buck. Life wasn't valued, and those most in need were neglected. How aptly the words of the prophets still speak to our present state. The rich rewrite our laws so that they can steal the wealth of the working class. Our politicians do not represent the people, but instead the corporations and lobbies that funnel the most money into their offices. Our for-profit healthcare system shows the entire world that we do not value human life as much as we value money. In order to maintain the wealthiest individuals in our society, we cut the social safety nets that protect children, people with disabilities, and the elderly. And if it's not enough that we inflict these unjust conditions on our own people, we export our violence around the world. Under the guise of humanitarian aid, we regularly undermine democratic governments around the world so that we can strip their countries of their resources. And where, oh where, is the church while all this happens? Where are the ministers of God's justice to defend the widow and the orphan? Where are the prophets to decry the corruption, the greed, the cruelty of our society? The church gathers in empty worship. We sing songs of love and welcome, but then we argue among ourselves about who deserves God's love and who doesn't. We proclaim the abundance of God, but we cling to the few resources that we have because we're more worried about our own survival than about those around us without a safe place to find shelter or those who don't know where their next meal will come from. The church in America has the form of religion to be sure. We can go through all the right motions, but the fire of the spirit has been blown out. So hear the words of the prophets and repent. Amos pleads, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Isaiah pronounces, with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. By the instructions of Joel, I say, spare your people, O Lord and do not make your heritage a mockery, a byword among the nations. Why should it be said among the peoples, where is their God? And to all of us gathered here, I say, turn your hearts to the Lord. This is the season when we have a chance to be intentional about renewing ourselves through the living word. This is the chance to experience the resurrection of Christ. Turn 
turn to the Lord and let the Spirit ignite in your heart so that it can burn away all that stands between you and your God. Die to the self that you are and be reborn as the self that Christ wants you to be. Amen. Would you please pray with me? Gracious God, set our hearts ablaze so that we may live for you. Help us to set aside the things that we don't need so that we may offer our best selves to your service. Amen.